Hello, everyone, and welcome to the award-winning <laughs> Payoff Podcast. I'm Will Foley. Matt Press here. Matt Seabree. How are you guys Coming doing? from the award-winning That's Payoff right. Podcast. Now, to clarify, Matt Press and myself are not award-winning <laughs> podcasters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... So, so uh, the Indiana Collegiate Press Association released a slew of their uh, n- uh, not national uh, <laughs> annual—that's the word I'm looking for—awards uh, for college students doing student media throughout the state. Uh, this podcast, last year's edition, featuring Amanda Foster and Luke Norton um, and myself, uh, got first podcast in the state of Indiana. Uh, that's cool. Um, shout out me, by the way. I got third with uh, <laughs> co-editor Jacob Spudich and Garrett Newman for our football podcast. Shout out me, first place sports column. Oh, there, oh, we, there, go. there we go. That's invitational. Right. All of us. Yeah. Award I, winners. Uh, shout out me also uh, for Division One newspaper sports news story. Um, I'm going to also toot my own horn if we're going to just toot our own individual horns. That was considered a news story? It was sports news oh, story. Oh, okay. I, I might have said that really quickly, and, and no, it was about uh, Allie Patberg's last game as a Hoosier. Nice. Um, on that note, we weren't the only uh, people to win awards. That's right. Terry Morin. Transitions. Mm-hmm. Associated Press Women's Basketball Coach of the Year, Mackenzie Holmes, Wooden Award finalist, uh, WBCA First Team All-American. She's also an AP First Team All-American uh, Grace Berger, honorable mention for both. Yeah. Yeah, all, I mean, pretty deserving. I don't think there was a ton to talk about there. But also, what we mentioned on the last episode, transfers. I think I think all of us predicted Henasonvik to transfer. but that I, was... I definitely made zero predictions about who was going to transfer. Fair. I just, I want to, personally, I know that. <laughs> I, me, Will, yeah. and I did predict that. But, um... Was not the case. Keandra Brown and Mona Zarich announced that they would be transferring. Um, I mean, I guess unsurprising for those two. Not a whole lot of minutes this season. Intriguing players, and especially Keandra Brown off the court. She was a really big leadership piece for the team. So, heart, I guess a kind of heart piece loss there. But unsurprising, I guess. Yeah, um, not a ton to say about either the awards or the transfers, quite frankly. Uh, Morin, I, I believe, real quick, going back to Morin's uh, Coach of the Year honor, I'm pretty sure Don Staley swept all the other Coach of the Year awards. So, uh, And they obviously made the Final Four back-to-back after and won whatever 50 games in a row. Um, so not bad company to be sharing Coach of the Year honors with. Uh, and then, yeah, Zarich never really was able to – crack the rotation at any point in her uh, two-year career um, at IU. And Keandra Brown, obviously she got she started eight games last season when Mackenzie Holmes was out, but uh, struggled with injuries throughout all of this season, only ended up playing, I think it was in seven. nine games, seven minutes across nine games. Is that what it is? Um, nine minutes across seven games. Oh, yeah, that makes way more sense. Sorry, I had that backwards. Um so, yeah, just couldn't really – it struggled with injuries and couldn't really uh, get into the rotation much this year, plus the emergence of Lily Meister as the backup um, forward. Uh, just kind of didn't leave a spot for her there. But, I mean, as you said, Matt, she's just such a, like – you can tell watching these games, just looking at the sideline, she's a very big part of this team emotionally. Um, so – it will be interesting to see where she ends up. She's like a kind of quite clearly a natural leader. She was at one point a top 100 recruit. Who knows? We'll see. I was a little like intrigued, not the right word, but like, you know, it kind of caught my attention just because like, will she even be able to play next year because of her ACL injury, which she suffered in late March uh, at the Big Ten tournament? So I, I don't know, but hey, sometimes – Change scenery is necessary. Um, yeah, I mean, Morin's back to Morin's just first Indiana coach to do that. Um, yeah, transfers now. Oh, now there are a one, four, four open roster spots. Four open roster spots. Two of them scholarship spots, I should say. Uh, yeah, two of them: Lene Bonabont and 
No, no, oh, no, no. So it's oh. it's six if you're including the two freshmen coming in. Um, so IU went into last season, uh, had IU entered last season with one open roster spot. Then Caitlin Peterson left, and then, um, obviously Berger and Geary graduated. So you're up to four, and then Zarich and uh, um, Keandra Brown left. So that. Took him up to six. The two transfers coming in, Lene Beaumont and um, I don't know why Lene Beaumont is a much easier Jules name. Jules Lamondola. Thank you. you um, she's the Texas player. Uh, they were both um, Gatorade Player of the Year for their states. Is which one is which? <laughs> Lene <laughs> Beaumont. Lene Beaumont. Lene Beaumont is from Illinois. Was Shout the, out Bennett. Yes, Bennett Academy, is yeah. that what it is? Uh, was the Illinois Player of the Year this season. Um, and then Jules Lamondola. Lamondola? Lamondola? I'm not I'm oh, yeah. yeah. Um, was named the Texas Gatorade High School Player. And Lene Beaumont was on CBS the other day in a three-point shootout. For Lights like, out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was balling. She was killing it. Yeah, uh, certainly uh, – I, I think we could see more of this three-point shooting uptick uh, base that they had yep. last year and yeah. continue it going. Definitely. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's about what happened before yesterday. and then that, that's, your, that's your recap of Indiana basketball news. Correct. But national basketball news. Uh, Iowa top South – okay, oh, we got to go way back. Uh, <laughs> Virginia Tech beat Ohio State. In yes. The Elite yeah. Eight. Yeah. And then I forgot we still had the two Elite Eight games. Who was the other game that night? Um, I was it. Ju- was it was just that South Carolina's game? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So South Carolina beat Miami to get in. Not Miami. That's not correct. South Carolina beat because Miami was on the other side of the bracket. Whoever they beat, they beat them pretty easily. I'm pretty <laughs> yes. sure because we can't even remember it. Um. Well, your 2023 Women's Final Four was South Carolina. Maryland. Ah, That's what it is. Yep, we should have got that one. Yeah, it's a Big Ten team. 2023 Women's Final Four, uh, South Carolina, undefeated at the time. Iowa, and then Virginia Tech and LSU. First game was Virginia Tech-LSU, and Virginia Tech led most of the game, and then horrendous fourth quarter. It was really bad. Yeah. And LSU ran away with it. And then... Kitley, by the way, uh, coming back, she's back, coming yeah. back, yeah, and she was going to be like a top ten pick in the draft. Um, so that's uh, that probably is makes it much more certain that Grace Berger gets drafted in the first round. Oh, also, before did you guys see the Twitter beef between? Uh, There's so much Twitter beef that has happened. Oh my on gosh. a national scale in this sport in the last week. I do not know what you're talking about. This is this is before yesterday, obviously. Okay. I've got to find the roster. Uh, There we go. Bang. Ashley Owusu. Oh, yeah. What about her? Because like, she was an LSU of... transfer. Yeah. And a lot of people were like, hey, where was Ashley Owusu? She wasn't on the bench for Virginia yeah. Tech. And then Virginia Tech players were like quote cheating and being like, did you check LSU's bench yeah. or stuff like that? Oof. Not um, a good look. No. And Owusu had not played uh, through... Large portions. I I don't know if she played at all in the conference tournament, and then she really had not. I mean, she did was, not appear for Virginia Tech in the postseason. Okay, there you go. And so I know she suffered an injury, and then couldn't crack the rotation when she got back. Which, um, a player of Ashley Wusu's caliber can crack any rotation in the country. So if she's not playing, there's a bigger story there. Um, obviously, uh, Angel Reese did post a picture. Selfie with Ashley Owusu after they won the or after uh, Angel Reese won the Natty uh, yesterday. Sorry, so. not a not a former LSU Tiger, but just an Angel Reese teammate. Yeah, they played at Maryland yeah, yeah, together yeah. last year. I said LSU. Oh, you're mistaken. Um, but I think that's what the the uh, Virginia Tech players said. Was oh, go check LSU. Yes, they did. Yes, yeah, they did. Yeah. That's why yeah. I thought that. Yeah. So, she may have a new destination next year, and it may be Louisiana. State. Yeah, I don't think there's any surprise that she's entering the portal. Nope. Uh, I don't know if she's officially announced it yet, but, like, it's going to happen. <laughs> she's entering the portal. That's not a question. Um, and obviously she was one of the highest, uh, like, most sought-after transfers uh, last summer. So 
I can only I, it'll be interesting this summer or she'll just go straight to LSU like yeah. you said. And then and then later that night. Yeah. Go for Iowa, it. South Carolina. Unfortunately, I was not watching that game. I was a little busy Friday night. But regardless, <laughs> they put this okay. Um, um I don't know how much uh great coverage of this game we had as a as a beat. Um they put this game at nine o'clock on a Friday. It's not our fault. Yeah. It's not our fault. Can't expect me. The to game was on where I was at. We were, Matt Savior and I were in the same place. Yeah, the game was on there. You were in a tornado. We were. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was. That was. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Caitlin Clark, back-to-back 41-point games. Absurd. I mean, South Carolina was <laughs> probably the best team in the tournament. I don't think that's really questionable. But um, outside shooting, I guess, turned out to be their Achilles heel. Of course, Caitlin Clark doing the let them shoot mm-hmm. motion thing down the stretch. I mean, again, I didn't watch the game, so I can't say a ton about it. But um, but yeah, Iowa seventy seven seventy three. South Carolina's only loss over the last since, two years. Yeah, yeah, over the last two years. Yeah, that's um, crazy, unreal. And then uh, the national championship tonight. Um, or last night, pardon me. There is another <laughs> national championship tonight. Apologies. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't. I so obviously LSU. Uh, a, a very foul heavy game. Um, oh my goodness! That really from the jump dictated stuff because you had Sonano with two fouls by the end of the first. Did Kayla Clark? She had three, she had three in the first yeah. half. Three in the first half. Angel Reese was in the same boat. Um, it just, it, it definitely changed the complex of the game. And uh, as soon as Sonano picked up that second foul with like two minutes left in the first half, I was like, uh, and it was like a tie game at that point. I was like, oh, well, if Sonano can't stay on the floor at all, I texted this to uh, some people. If Sonano can't stay on the floor at all this game, LSU's going to run away with it. They've got the talent to, you know, force Iowa to have to crash the paint to stop Angel Reese, but then they've got so many shooters they can kick it to outside. It's basically, quite frankly, what IU has done as a team this entire season. It's not the hardest. uh, It's not the most complex strategy, um, but... LSU pulled it off. And, uh... Shout out Jasmine Carson. Yeah, I was oh about to goodness. talk about their bench, the bench. play. Yeah. Yeah, five they... of six from deep. Unreal. And it was what, like five of five in the first half? Yeah. And then like another, like she had like 21 and a half. It was crazy. And she had a buzzer beater three, which like was just a chuck. Yes. It was like, you know, of course banked it's going right? to go in. Yeah, banked yeah. in. Um, yeah, I mean, Caitlin Clark had eight threes, which was like a championship game record, uh, 30. Eight, only two rebounds and six turnovers. But yeah, I just thought like, come on, man, you can't, you can't be like the refs cannot be dictating the game the way that. And it was both sides. It was just a terribly officiated game, and it's the national championship. So that was disappointing. But you know, LSU kind of they were a better team that day. Yeah, no, they played better. Top to bottom, no question. Which, uh, after Friday night, if you had told me that, I'd be like, no way. Like, it just seemed like the way Caitlin Clark had been playing, you know, Destiny Child, Destiny Team, it seemed like it was inevitable that they would win. Destiny's Child? (laughs) A little Beyonce? Yeah. You mentioned Twitter beef, though, after the national championship. Oh, my goodness. National debate, national frenzy. Angel, it's it, yeah, and it's pretty stupid. Um, Angel Reese, based it, the gist is Angel Reese talking trash, which, which you know, it's which not like the other side has done that at all. To Caitlin year. Clark, yeah, that was the you can't see me, John Cena doing the pointing to the ring ring finger. finger. I mean, it's it's trash talk. It's good for sports. It's emotional. People were very up in arms though. Taunting is cool. Taunting if you don't is, want, if you don't want someone, cool. if you don't want someone to taunt on you, don't let them do the cool thing they just did that they're taunting you about. It's that simple. And that's all. If you are going to taunt like you have all season, then you must take the taunting. Which, well, now I will give her credit because she was like, "Hey, you deserve it." Like, 
The funniest thing about this whole thing is that Caitlin Clark does not care. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was getting. Everyone at. else does though. Yeah. Caitlin Clark is is has lived up to the if you are going to dish it out, you got to be willing to take it. My goodness, who keeps walking by <laughs> that you keep waving at? That I is, just saw it. Um, and, uh, five banner banter host Evan Garicki. Yes, and uh, Indiana Daily Student Editor in Chief Helen Rummel. Um, but yeah, as you said, uh, Caitlin Clark, for her to her credit, had, it's, she's she took it. She didn't complain about it. Um, it's just other members of. The wonderful media field that we are all uh, inspiring. Yeah. Um, there are some real great folks out there who are very reasonable. Um, <laughs> on that note, yeah. Sorry, I just I that that really frustrates me when people get mad about stuff like that. Um, it's so dumb. It doesn't matter if it's it's so it's yeah. It's dumb. That's all. That's all I got. To relate this to Indiana Women's Festival, um, Monica Sinano's career is over. Yes. Indiana will not see her again next year. Correct. They will be seeing Caitlin Clark again, which is a frightening sight. And based on the fact that, uh, you know, the history of, I mean, the post players at Iowa with Sinano replacing Gustafson, um, I assume they have, like, you know, basically Mackenzie Holmes coming up in the program to replace uh, Sonano for Stolke. Iowa. Is that who it is? Probably, right? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, she won, what, sixth woman of the year in the Big Ten? Yep. Yeah. As yeah. a freshman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And uh, O'Grady, I don't know. Oh, yeah, she's a sophomore, 6'4", played good minutes. Yeah. So, so um, <laughs> yeah, they're fine, yeah. basically. Yeah. And they still have Caitlin Clark, who is the nation's best player. So Yep. So I was still gonna be uh, a team to beat in the Big Ten, but uh, yeah, women's college basketball season is over, so we can look back, and we'll go all the way back at first, because on November fourth, oh yeah, I know we're like ten fifteen minutes into this podcast. This is a roundtable, by the way. Didn't know if you knew that, but we're doing a roundtable. Oh yeah, <laughs> didn't say that till now. <laughs> Dropping it on you at this point in the podcast. This is the second roundtable we've done this se- this season, not this year. November fourth, we published our roundtable. Um, so let's just go look at it. We can start. This is of course about women's or Indiana women's basketball, not in general national predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting with most valuable player, two for three there. Uh, I pick, I pick Grace Berger. Yeah, I had I had Holmes. I had um, actually a column before that, October 11th, where I gave a few other predictions, and I said MVP Mackenzie Holmes. Stuck with that. Feel good about that now. Yeah, um, I I, I said Mackenzie Holmes was my preseason player of the year or team MVP uh, as well. I I don't think there's any question that she was the team MVP this year. Um, Burger. You could make a case for Berger, I think, but just injuries is really, uh, yeah, that was that was the issue she faced this season. My argument was that she was one the motor of the team, and that two, down the stretch in big games, Berger would be the one with the ball in her hands. Well, that's how they wanted it to be. Of course, it did not end that way. <laughs> no. Uh, um, yeah, but I mean. I'm not too hard on myself for picking Grace Berger. I don't think you can make, No, I think you could. I think you could even at this point with the season over, you could still make an argument that she was the team MVP. Uh newcomer of the year. Plenty to choose this from. This could still be. Yeah, this could be debated. Yeah, we all picked Sarah Scally in the preseason, and I don't know if any of us are going to pick her for uh, the postseason uh, answer. I'll let you go first. Well, I mean, I do. Well, gosh, dang it. Are, are it, none of us are picking Sarah Scalia, I guess. Is that correct? Okay. Correct. So so we, we'll talk about her season a little as we give ourselves uh, some time to think. She it's not like she did poorly this year. It's just that I think the newcomer of the year, like there were seven. Some of them were going to end up like outperforming expectations more than others. And I I. Sarah Scalia did not underperform or do poorly. Uh, she 
ended up going from starter to bench off the bench, coming off the bench. But I think that was more of a, it was a combination of her being in a slump at the time, but also Sydney Parrish really taking some steps that I don't know if uh, people quite saw her uh, performing like um, this season. So yeah, Sarah Scalia, I don't think any of us are picking her as newcomer of the year, but she definitely was very valuable as a newcomer uh, this season. Um, any, I I can go ahead and say who I think. If if I think it's really close for me. Mm-hmm. Gosh dang it! I'm gonna say Sydney Parish. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna go Parish, ever so slightly over Garrison. Yeah. 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 Okay. What? Defend your defend your point. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought I thought you were gonna pick, and then we were gonna. Oh, Garrison. Yeah, I'll okay. pick Garrison. Yeah. yeah, that. I assumed you were headed there. Um. I think because their offensive contributions are so similar, I think Sidney Parrish is a more impactful defensive player, which is one very important to Terry Morton. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, this can go either way. They're both really good shooters. Um, I think Parrish added a little more up the drive. You know, you can go back and forth, too. I think there were certain times throughout the season where in the beginning of the season, it definitely would have been Garzone. And then, like, in the middle and kind of towards the rest, I think Garzone kind of, like, she slowed down a little bit. And I thought Sydney Parrish made some big plays in some big games, but then obviously in the last game, Martin Garzone made some huge plays. But, like, yeah, I think they're both extremely impactful players. If... This is based off this season, too. Like, if we're talking the future, it's... Sure, sure. sure. Like, who will, across their entire Indiana University athletic career, be more impactful to the program? Yeah, yeah. You're going with the freshman starter on a Big Ten championship team. Um, But, yeah, for this season. And kind of, yeah, going back to Scalia, like like Matt said, she, she did fill her role very well, and that wasn't a bad thing. It's just... For this, I don't. She didn't have the same impact Garzone or Parrish did, but fairness to Scalia, she did thrive in the role she had. But I mean, we're kind of splitting hairs. I feel like with per, uh, Parrish and Garzone, but I guess kind of just agreeing with Will, a better all-around player. Parrish was um, probably unquestionably a better defender, and I mean, better <clears throat> driver, better handler, I guess. But. Obviously, Garzone would be the player I would take moving forward. Yeah. Um, Defend yourself. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, Parrish, there's no question that she had a phenomenal season coming back to her uh, home state. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, Garzone is, comes in as a freshman, starter on day one, Um played the second most minutes on the team all season, uh, only behind Chloe Moore McNeil. No surprise there for who played the most minutes this season. Um, she uh, was less than – she was within a point in terms of scoring average per game uh, to Sydney Parrish. She shot 46% from deep this season, and I. It, those weren't just – you know, the team is running its offense to get you an open look in the corner. Shots, those were like, I mean, it, it, if you just, just going back to the end of that Miami game in the NCAA tournament, she had the one in the corner where it's the play is kind of designed to kick the ball to the corner for an open shooter. But then the next one, she just like hits a step back move to create her own space. Um, and for a freshman to be doing that and showing that kind of talent, I that's what uh, put her above the edge in terms of newcomer of the year, combined with the fact, and probably more so the fact, that Yarn Garzone served as, like, the lead ball handler on some possessions. Like, she would bring the ball up the floor, and the offense would run, not through her, but she would run the offense for a few possessions. Uh, Admittedly, Berger and Chloe Moore McNeil were doing that more often, but, like, they were entrusting a freshman to that. Uh, and, and as a result, she ended with, uh, what, third most assists on the team by far? Um, yeah, um, easily third most assists on the team. Uh, 
She did yeah. have the most turnovers on the team. But I think a lot of that was early when Grace Berger was out and she was like a primary ball handler. Yeah. I remember yeah. specifically the game at Penn State was like, oof. That one was bad. And that's, <laughs> I think, uh, it happens. Yeah. As especially thing. as a freshman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, just real quick, as I'm looking through the stats, so there were six players to average nine and a half or more points per game. Naturally, it's the five starters plus Scalia. Uh, guess what the next highest mark after nine and a half points per game was? Not including Caitlin Peterson. Well, I'm looking at it right now, okay. so that's cheap. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... It's Lily Meister. I went, I went away from it. I'm going to say uh, three. You three, overshot four. it. 2.4 points per game That's for Lily crazy. Meister. So it jumps from 2.4 to 9.5. Um, that doesn't mean anything. It's yeah. just funny. It makes it me giggle. Um, also, like, it's, there's not like a listed stat here. I guarantee you, if there's a stat for most charges drawn on the team, Cindy Parrish, number one. Charge, yes, charge without card. a doubt. Without charge a card. doubt. Um, so next. Instead of breakout player of the year, how about we say most improved player of the year? Yeah. Because breakout doesn't... Okay, real quick. How about we just run through most improved player of the year? I can go first. Preseason, we all picked Chloe Moore McNeil. No, we did not. Breakout. Sorry, breakout we did. Uh, The the two you did, I went with um, Keandra Brown. Oh, wow. Because my argument was Chloe Moore McNeil's... Chloe Moore McNeil's breakout season was last season, in my argument. Um, so that's why I didn't choose to put her as the breakout player for this season, but I would say she's the most improved player this season. Does this make sense? Does my argument that I just said at all make sense? So she is the most improved player of the year for you? Yes, but I would not say she's the breakout player of the year for me. The very slight distinction that might not exist anywhere but my own head. Are we going most improved from, like, start of this year to end of this year or, like, last year to this year? Because I feel like it makes a difference. Defend yourself either way. We'll probably have a more polished version of this uh, in written form on IDSnews.com. Of course. uh, About the time that you're listening to this, dear listener of this award-winning podcast. Um, Because there is, like, a... I'm really debating. It's either Chloe Moore, Neil, or, like, I mean, Mackenzie Holmes became a top five player in the country. Then, then yeah, we'll say we'll say most improved player of the year. And if you want, because there's no question that Mackenzie Holmes didn't break out this year. That's right. Like, but you could argue, yeah, you could argue for sure that she's the most improved player on the team this year. It, as crazy as that is, I mean, you're right. She went from, you know, an all Big Ten talent to an all American talent. I don't know. Chloe Moore McNeil is so good. Then, then okay. I'm saying Chloe Moore McNeil. All right, all right. I, yeah, I mean the Holmes the Holmes argument's actually interesting because her game did get better as the season went on. Like she did improve, but I mean Chloe Moore McNeil was. Did we, what was the final? Do we know the final number? Assist turnover ratio. I got here. It was I like a, top three. She had 155 a assists and 48 turnovers. So that's uh, over three to one, which is third in the country. Three point two three. Yes, which is which is third in the country. There you go. Insane. Also, a really good shooter, which I didn't think she would be as sharp as she was, but really good shooter, and kind of the turning point I think for uh, Chloe Moore McNeil was when Berger went out uh, late November. And Terry Morin said she kind of had like a crash course from Berger and being the team's new lead guard. And from there on out, it was kind of a transformation in a sense and just really became an invaluable, well, she already was, but really took her game to another level and, yeah, most improved in my eyes. Um, You know what? I talked myself into the Mackenzie Holmes argument. I'll say Mackenzie oh, Holmes. It's so much <laughs> Wait, are, were you going to say Mackenzie Holmes? Well, I already said Chloe Moore McNeil. But oh, yeah. I, but that I was internally debating. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I mean, she just, uh, as, I, as I already said, she went from an all-Big Ten 
talent to an all-American talent, bona fide, without a doubt. First team. First team, con- genuinely contended for, I don't know if she, like, was seriously going to win, but genuinely contended for National Player of the Year honors. If she had not gotten hurt, there was a discussion on the table. Yes. Yeah. Um, there at like, the end yeah. of the season yes. where she got she got hobbled. Um, yeah. I, I mean, she... I, I think you look at how dominant she was last season and even her freshman year, and she's a dominant player. Compared to this year, I mean, last year we didn't have teams who were so clearly building their entire defense around we have to stop Mackenzie Holmes. I mean, th- in this year you saw teams throwing two, three players at her on a possession-by-possession possession basis. It, it was uh, – yeah, I'll go with Mackenzie Holmes being most improved, which, I mean, it start from compared to where she was starting uh, is very impressive. Yeah. Um, next was the game to watch. Game of the year. Game of the year. Preseason, I said at Tennessee. Uh, Matt Press said at Iowa. And Matt Seabree said against UNC. I mean, it's at Iowa, like... Get yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, is that, yeah, I oh, guess so game of the year we're defining as like best most entertaining like basketball game because game of the year I could like I could make an argument I feel like for there are a lot the, the um the home finale against Purdue I was uh, I was going to consider Indiana that as well secured a share of the Big Ten title because that was oh that the was scenes like yeah yeah environment exactly. wise probably the game of the year or but then again Iowa basketball game the season finale was the best i also think the hype when ohio state came to assembly hall because they were number two yes yeah that was definitely a good one too and then both the tournament games that were held here yeah definitely had i don't know if you'd say t- uh, 16 seed versus a one seed is the <laughs> game of the year but like yeah um i mean it, you could make a lot of a lot of arguments in this one do you Either you know what you're going with? Yeah. I'm going to say for solely for, like, basketball, like, the game I'm watching was at Iowa. Um, Just when you look at everything, even though there was was nothing really on the line at that point anymore um, compared to, like, the Miami game or something, it was two teams at their best, and they were just – going at it like yeah. it was such a good basketball game two teams that clearly care so deeply about beating the two of each other and two teams that one ended up in the national championship game and the other had it been healthy might have or just caught in a couple better breaks yeah could have gone a lot farther um yeah caitlin clark buzzer beater caitlin clark really good performance in general mackenzie holmes played really well um, Grace Berger played really well that game. Yeah, it was a fun game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I guess I can. I'll give two answers again. Reporting wise, that game at Iowa was the best basketball game, but mm-hmm. the home finale against Purdue was probably my favorite game. I guess you could say of the season. So, not answer there. Uh, I guess. Uh. Just is just because of the vibes, I guess. Like, but, yeah, Purdue won the vibes game of the year, or I mean, eh, the Ohio State game was close in vibes, but cut, yeah, cutting down the nets, uh, home against Purdue, vibes game of the year, Iowa basketball game of the year. I'm trying to find what the first game, you know, what well, let me. What was the first game that had, like, really high attendance? Was that? Um, probably would have been, like, well, Carolina. North, yeah, North Carolina had. But, but that's. But was it even, like. That had less than 6,000 fans. That's crazy. Which is so wild. Mar- Maryland? Maybe? Maryland. January 12th? I'm looking right now. How many did January 12th have? Come on now. 
which was, by the way, Maryland was the Corgi race game. Yeah, I was just gonna, I was just gonna <laughs> say, also a uh, highlight of the season. Wow, also under six thousand. So okay, this is the game I was thinking of. So Indiana, Nebraska, New Year's Day. That's what I'm choosing as my game of the year. Seriously, um, it went to OT. So, so a few things. Seven thousand fans. It was the highest attended game to that point in the season. It turned out to only really be the springboard for the rest of the season um because like this was higher than the North Carolina game in in terms of attendance the North Carolina game was a top 10 matchup that had all the hype in the world around it uh obviously it was the same it was back-to-back days with the men's game against North Carolina also at Assembly Hall um just wild hype around that one and there was still less than 6,000 fans and then Nebraska, they're getting into Big Ten uh, season, and Nebraska draws uh, a Nebraska game draws seven thousand fans, which is kind of insane. But also, so I want to say that just as my first point for it being the game of the year because it set the tone for what ended up being a whole bunch of records broken uh, in terms of attendance. But also, this game went to OT, and it. It involved IU really surviving uh, Nebraska late in regulation, but then coming out in uh, a team that they should have wiped off the floor, quite frankly. Um, but then coming out in OT and winning that OT 12 to 0 and just really looking like they flipped a switch and turned it on um, was, I, I think. I think I'm going to go with that as my uh, as my answer, um, combined with the fact that they were still without uh, Grace Berger. I, I think it's a real turning point in the season for this team going from, okay, they are really legit. They could probably contend for a Big Ten title to, oh, no, this team could contend for a national title right now. Um, and I, I think that at the time that wasn't quite something that we really realized, but looking back on it, that's my game of the year. I just spent five minutes talking about a IU Nebraska women's basketball game that happened four months ago. But there you go. To give a Matt Press answer, as much fun as cutting down the nets are, I'm gonna say Ohio State was a vibes game. Uh, that third quarter run, like the the attendance was like ten and a half thousand. That was genuinely some of the loudest moments I've ever heard Assembly Hall, men's or women's game. Like there were some like eardrum shattering moments. Just yes. like. So, yeah, that was fun. I will Without say the Nebraska game, too. That's coming just a f- couple days after their loss to Michigan, Michigan State. State. Yeah. So, yes, that too. I mean, if they lose that Nebraska game, you know, maybe that starts a little spiral or something. So, it's a big win, too. Yeah. It's, I think, yeah, probably, I think the only home game I wasn't at this season, which is a uh, shame. Yeah, none of us, I think, were physically at yeah. this game. Oh, um, yeah, I was going to ask if you went. No, I, I, I went back and uh, watched it. On, on, on the TV. Um, I was not at... I want to say I wasn't at the Moorhead State game where they won by 63 points. I was I, not I, there. I don't, I don't remember. If and, or some of like game. the... Missed uh, Bowling Green and Quinnipiac. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, but... Yeah. I, I, we were at pretty much every game this season, I think. I will. I will say, by the way... I enjoyed traveling with you guys this year. Well, we're getting to that. Oh, we have oh. we have a, 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 a <laughs> another topic point that we're going to talk about later. We it, do maybe something sad first though. Oh yeah, biggest yeah. disappointment. What like someone else start? Cause like, what are we? There's biggest like, disappointment: that... the Miami game. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. That my, final Miami shot. Uh, like, we're all going like. Yes, all else equal, of course. The the thing that eliminated you from any contention for a national title is probably going to be the biggest disappointment of the year, regardless of when it happens. Particularly to lose to a nine seed when you're a one seed and at home, especially in that way where you you know it happens at the last second. Um, yes, of course that's the biggest disappointment. Going aside from that, yeah, it, like this is like a cop out, like. Yeah, that feels avoid the obvious because you can't. I've really, got an answer. You can't really get more disappointing than, except your maybe, uh, 
Grace Berger not getting a full season. Oh, there season. we go. Okay. Not what I thought you were going to no, say, but I like that. So, that's so not, really not the good. most disappointing game. Just Yeah, just yeah, like just playing disappointing. thing that happened. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like so, she deserved it. Yeah, no, on, 100%. Totally I mean, what what's a season? What's this season for IU look like if Grace Berger is healthy? And also. The whole time. They're not losing to Michigan State. I'm telling you that much. Well, that's, yeah, without a doubt. Like, are they running the table in the regular season? I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, they they lost two regular season games. The first was a Michigan State game at in East Lansing without Grace Berger. The second, Grace Berger was back, but it was a miracle shot by Caitlin Clark yeah. in a sold out Carver Hawkeye. Um, yeah. Um, they also, might run the table if if Berger's healthy the first like, season. Obviously, we were not able to watch this because. IDSnews.com, Matt Press's award-winning column. There we go. Go ahead and take a look back at that. Uh, like, when first hearing, like, the description of the Grace Burr news, I was like, oh, she's done. I thought her season was over. Yeah. Sounded like they, like, landed on her knee, and I was like, that is not a good sign. So, yeah. thankfully, she got to come back. Um, But, yeah, she still shouldn't have missed those games. Like, she didn't deserve to miss the games that she had to. Yeah, the... The Las Vegas Invitational Tournament, looking, I hadn't even really thought about it when we had Biggest Disappointment, but looking back, that easily oh, could be... That, that feels... Uh, I, th- I think we like, all totally glossed over that. Yeah. yeah. Like, we were just... I think we were just kind of thinking game... Like, a loss that sucked, but... Yeah, the Las Vegas Invitational, really poorly organized event in a ballroom of a hotel where Graceberger was injured in a game that did not need to be played... Yeah, you can combine so, it. Grace Berger being injured yeah. in the Las Vegas Invitational in, like, a terrible ballroom. Like, yeah. No, pretty um, bad. That didn't have uh, enough medical attention for people and could go on and on. But, yeah, Las Vegas Invitational was terrible. I think I was talking about this earlier. Ohio State uh, Big Ten Tournament semifinal could be up there. Um, I think that's what I was going to say. Just yeah, a it horrific just... second half. Exactly. And in terms of disappointment, like – the emotion from the players after was yeah a clear top disappointing moment so i mean you could put that up that up there too yeah i think uh, going off the ohio state thing it, when you're talking about disappointments from this season and you're looking at the losses that they suffered this season michigan state i don't think you really consider that the bets it's seasons are long you're yeah. probably going to have a hiccup um iowa in iowa city i don't know if that's that sucks it sucks to lose that, but I don't know if it's that big a disappointment. Um, especially when it comes on a buzzer beater like that. You can't really be disappointed in a team when, you know, just someone makes a great shot. Yeah. And Iowa, or pardon me, uh, Miami kind of falls under that same boat, in my opinion, where it's like, it came down right to the end. You can't, I can't really, there's no disappointment towards that. The Ohio State one in the Big Ten tournament, while that did come down to the end as well, that's so much different because IU, as you said, has that massive 20, 22-point lead, um, 20 points at halftime, and then just in the second half fall apart part to the Ohio State uh, press. And, yeah, I that's that's that one to me I think is the uh, biggest disappointment just because they had the game won halfway through. They, they just had to, like – handle business and cruise the rest of the way and protect a 20-point lead for 20 minutes. And they couldn't do that. So that's that's what I'm going for. For biggest disappointment. Yeah. Um last one, are we doing favorite memory? Uh real quick, we we can just run through our postseason predictions. Oh, yeah. Just talk about how we did. Um go ahead. Uh I said finish top three in the Big Ten. I was correct on that. They did finish top they won the Big Ten. <laughs> I did say they finally would overcome their demons and win the Big Ten tournament. They obviously, as we just talked about, ended in very disappointing fashion. Said a finish like that should earn Indiana top four seed at worst. They were a number one seed. And uh, I said I believed in the experience of the team and saw an elite eight. Could have been headed there. Could have been headed there and uh, very much uh, had a had a better construction of a roster, I think you could argue, than the Elite Eight run of a couple years ago. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, like like Will, I also predicted a Big Ten tournament title, which obviously did not come to fruition. But interestingly enough, just reading this, I said, um, (laughs) (laughs) okay, Nebraska was like kind of a trendy, not like winning the Big Ten, but they were like, hey, they, they could be pretty good this season in the Big Ten. So I had them in the same vein as like Ohio State and Iowa, which is just funny looking back on that. <laughs> they did not make the tournament. <laughs> no, no. So yeah, that was that was dumb. But um, I said as for NCAA, uh, I said they would go out in the Sweet Sixteen. So close. Yeah. Um, I I pointed out that they lost really great defensive players and predicted they would regress considerably on defense. They did not. No, nope. they're probably not the ridiculous defensive team they were last year, um, with Nicole Cardano, Hillary, and Alexa Golbe, and Ali Patberg for that matter. Um, but they're they were still a phenomenal defensive team, I think, by every metric. Um, I did say uh, they. F- I thought the top of the Big Ten would look a lot like it did last year, where the top four or five teams were all within a game and a half of each other. That didn't end up happening, so my I predicted they finished fourth in the Big Ten standings, which uh, they finished first. Oh, it was, it was kind of close. It was kind of close. Um, it was like two or three. Yeah. Um, I did have them making the Big Ten title game but losing against the Hawkeyes. They obviously lost in the semis. However, in the NCAA tournament, I think Indiana will lose in an even matchup in the second round. Well, Nailed it. If, 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 well, if, any if we of us... are, while they did lose the game, would I call it an even matchup? Probably. Like, a team that matches up well against them okay, that's is, fair. Is, that's is, fair. is more yeah. what I should have written six months ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the, that's what we predicted. We were pretty off, all of us. Yep. Um, um, now we can talk about favorite memories. Favorite memory from the season. Oh man, there's some good ones. Hmm. Okay, while we, we think go, about yeah, that, well, while we think about that, if you listen to the Five Banner Banter podcast, you will know they're doing something similar to this. Go listen to it. Um, but you will also know that uh, Evan Gerke talks about bowling a lot. And today in bowling, he did very well. Um, I also did very well. I came second on our team. Let's go. Uh, Jack Edwards, uh, also in IU Student Media, came third um, on our team, and we won. So that's that's. – I'm literally just trying to buy us time while we think about um, this. So I'm going to say it's got to be one go of the – Go bowling. It's got to be one of the road trips. Yeah. As much fun as the home games were, got to be one of the road trips. Uh, even though it was my favorite arena, I'm ruling out Tennessee because Alex Paul was not there. Shout out Fair. I thought about that, and I because I really, because I really enjoyed Knoxville as a city. Like we didn't spend much time there, but literally every single person we talked to was the nicest person on the planet. Um, yeah, uh, I don't think any of us are picking Knoxville because no Alex Paul, but um, yeah, great trip regardless. Um, I will tell you that had we gone to Greenville, that would have been my favorite memory because it would have been really nice out in Greenville. Oh, that it would have been like it is out today in Bloomington. Um, so what? We traveled to Iowa City. We traveled to West Lafayette. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> traveled to Minneapolis. We traveled so, to Minneapolis. I'll say the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. My memories are usually like related to some kind of food I had. Yeah. So. Like the Moe's in Knoxville that was catered oh, was nice. That was really I, nice. I really I love Moe's. Shout out shout out UTK for that. Mo, I, Moe's is better in Chipotle, by the way. Do we have a Moe's in Bloomington? No. We have a Moe's in Bloomington, Illinois, baby. Yeah. Gosh. So yeah, it was and normal. <laughs> nice to have some Moe's. Um, <laughs> Wait, like one oh, yeah, of we, each? Yeah, we got separate ones. We got multiple Moe's. West okay. Lafayette was uh was chicken salad sandwiches. Oh yeah. Which so yeah, I wasn't oh. I wasn't huge on those. But Big Ten tournament would also be the travel there, good food there. I enjoyed the grilled cheese tomato soup combo. Um, but yeah, also I mean also just going places I had never been before. I had yeah. never I mean stopped in Wisconsin. Didn't think I'd ever be in Wisconsin, so that was cool. We we got to are we allowed to say this? 
I don't know how you're going to phrase it. <laughs> I, mean, I, I know how you're going to phrase it, actually, and you can't phrase it like you want to phrase it. We took Matt Press to <laughs> Portillo's for oh. the first time. <laughs> oh, how did I forget about that? But, yeah, I um, I had my first Were you going to Portillo's? How were you going to phrase that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. We, we know. know. Yep. We're all on the same page. We're all on the same page. Good call, um, Matt. But, yeah, Portillo's, awesome place. Had it for the second time just this two days weekend. ago in Chicago. Yeah. Where? Yeah, okay, Chicago. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I don't really know. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the whole season. It was a lot of fun covering it with you guys. Um, I enjoyed doing this payoff podcast, of oh, course. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I think uh, I really enjoyed the, the Minneapolis trip. That was fun. Um, getting to spend more than one night in a city, even though we didn't really do much because we were exhausted the whole time. Um we got to spend more than one night in a city. Got to see an Applebee's and a pizza place. Uh, <laughs> Forgot about the Applebee's. It was a good pizza place. Minneapolis was a cool city uh, to drive around and look well, at stuff. Really wish we went to the Mall of America. Yeah, we didn't really have... I th- there we was did like, not have much time in general. No, there was like one afternoon where we could have done it, but I feel like that was the one afternoon where we actually got to like rest. Yeah. Um, and uh, when you're doing that much driving and traveling... Yeah, shout out is nice. you, Matt Seabree, for your car. Yeah. And driving, and driving. Dodge every, road Dart. Tri- every road trip we did this season was um, in the Dodge Dart. Yep, shout out Dodge Dart. Uh, I need an oil change. Um, <laughs> I was real excited to have the Dodge Dart in Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah. I just like, just, just I feel like it would thrive in warm weather. Whipping around the, the streets of, uh, of Greenville. Well, no, the, it's actually... It depends how you see it, because uh, the issue with the Dodge Dart in cold weather is that the the heat doesn't work, but the issue with the Dodge Dart in warm weather is that the AC doesn't work. Um, I, I drive a fantastic car. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Anyone else have any final things about this? We'll probably do a just quick podcasting notes for the dedicated listeners of this. Um, hi, I was gonna hey say guys. I was gonna say like hi mom, but I don't think <laughs> my parents bother listening to this, and I cannot blame them. Um, yeah, we'll probably do one more of these, but it will be combined with the Five Banner Banter podcast men's beat, and we'll probably just joke around on the microphones for a while with them. Uh, yeah, but this will probably be the last time you know you'll hear from. Just, just the three, three of us. Um, just the three of us. Doing one more. We're doing a, a sort of a, a written version of what we just talked about today with the roundtable um, written. We might not have the exact same answers that we said. Probably not. Do, do, I'll probably change. Yeah. My mind. Well, this is um, that's how it works. Uh, and then we'll have any updates. Yeah. Any updates you need about uh, any off-season moves that Indiana makes you can find it at idsnews.com you can follow us on twitter i'm fulls 24 We've got matt press 23 got matt, matt seabree nice. um yeah yeah i don't know Is there that you go anything else that uh, was a fun season that was a good season. season yeah good cool. season good podcasts good writing good writing absolutely award-winning stuff award-winning stuff yeah. maybe this time next year uh whoever's doing the payoff podcast can talk about how it's now won a second award for uh, <laughs> that's right uh a, a, another top podcast in the state well hopefully because i hope we're deserving of an award <laughs> so to all <laughs> you listeners <laughs> thanks thanks for a great season and until well for the final time from us three Yes, and, Alone. and for the, yeah, uh, yeah, it's the payoff podcast.